0: Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Bereans Bible Prophecy Podcast. This is Bob McLaurin. I apologized in the last episode because I did such a poor job of explaining the two witnesses and timing and all. And uh, I feel like I even did need to apologize again for the last episode, but I spent a full weekend, several full days immersed in the sequence of revelation trying to make heads or tails of it rechecking what i thought was to be correct and going over and over and over and i'm going to be repetitive because frankly i lose track of what we've talked about in the past but i go back to if you miss one thing you've missed it all eventually i consume lots of material online and on and on youtube and there are a lot of very creative ideas i will check them all out until i get to a point where uh, you know you find out they're not based on any scripture whatsoever or they're violating scripture that's clearly evident and isn't there really isn't any room for interpretation doesn't mean you can't find some element of truth or an idea to play off of but for the most part uh, you just end up walking away from those and there are plenty of people who've written whole books on their theory and it's not based on anything but quicksand so all that being said you know I had my own what I thought was solid belief and everybody thinks they're right until they're wrong and it would be nice if the majority of folks were testing what they believe, but we know that's not the case. Some of what I believed, always believed, I've been pre-wrath for about 20 years now, but within that, I just always believed that the seals and trumps and bowls were all part of the 70th week. And I went through a phase this weekend of they were, they, they weren't, referring to the seals not being in the 70th week. I'd always believed that they had to be opened to get to the wrath. haven't changed there. I considered a theory that all of the seals must be opened before the week begins because I was looking at another guy's work, and it made some sense. It solved some problems, but it also caused some others. When I went back, it was one of those cases where it, it violated explicit scripture and uh therefore had to punt and move on but uh, i believe i did take a few helpful ideas from that experience what i came out with there are a couple of anchor points that we can really drive hard iron bars into concrete and we can anchor all of our the rest of our work against so these markers cannot be moved unless we have completely interpreted scripture incorrectly and by that i mean just a plain as day reading if it doesn't mean what it what we think it says and i'll give give you some examples then we're in pretty we're in deep trouble because i don't know that we can determine any of revelation if we cannot trust that the simple literal meaning doesn't mean that if you get what I'm saying so again I spent the whole weekend I spent a lot of time chewing through scripture and triple checking references and the timing and then and the rest of the time I had several sleepless nights because this stuff was going through my head and thought I was making progress and then I'd regress what I came back to was Second Thessalonians 2, 3. And this is one of those stakes in the ground that I don't think we can move. And Paul is telling us, let no man deceive you by any means, pre Did I say that, Allah? For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, I take that to be a complete event, not something that's stretching years or or seven, especially. And also, except come a falling away first, the word is obviously apostasy. And yet there are many trying to use trying to place the rapture there it just isn't there otherwise i mean look at paul's statement let no man deceive you by any means there aren't any good scholars that are claiming that that's the rapture the falling away is the rapture Um, because the that word apostasy is used elsewhere in the new testament so anyway back on track this is a marker For the abomination of desolation we can see in in revelation we can see in daniel this is solidly as solid as this study gets it is the midpoint and paul is telling us that we will see this prior to the man of sin or the day of the lord will not come until we see this happen so I immediately had to throw out my theories of, well, maybe all the seals are outside the 70th week, and the 70th week is solely trumpets and vials, because I kept running into a timing issue. There just wasn't enough time, and in my past, I just always put the two witnesses in the first half of the 70th week for various reasons, because If you put them at the end, there's just hardly any time for them to accomplish their, you know, what they're doing. It doesn't make sense that with all the issues that are going on in the second half, that they would be testifying at that point. It just made more sense to me that it'd be the first half and that they're raised, that obviously they would be raised at the midpoint. Well, in my study, it hit me right between the eyes. I mean, their resurrection is trumpet five or six. And when you look at revelation six, the great tribulation is about as clear as it gets. It's seal number five. So unless you're going to throw out the transition scriptures, like Romans eight, two and three, where it says, and then the, Last seal was opened, and then I saw trumpets given to the seven angels. Well, There's a couple of transition areas like that. We just can't throw those out as much as I want to. This makes much better sense when some of the seals overlay some of the trumpets. I admit that. That's where I want to go with this. There's no way I can based on several verses there that make these a sequence and it sure does look like that the seventh seal is uh executed or opened prior to the trumpets happening so with that you know i don't know how long i held that belief you know years well now now they go to the second half of the 70th week and last week i threw out the idea what if they were raised on the sixth seal, but that can't happen because there you've got an overlap of like the sixth seal and the sixth trumpet or fifth trumpet, whatever, whichever one it is. The second woe is what it's called. I can't go there as much as I want to for that to be as much sense as that makes. I can't go there. So I had to toss that out, move the the two witnesses to the second half of the 70th week, which the sixth seal still being the sun, moon, stars, you know, darken the moon, turns to blood, stars fall from the sky. You know, and yes, there are other events that mirror stars falling. A lot of the trumpets, three or four of the trumpets have stars falling from the sky. But I just can't make all those the same thing. Anyway, back to some of my thoughts. My thoughts being settled, and I feel like I'm much more sound in the uh, order in which I, I see things. Um, what it tells me is that the fifth seal, which are the martyrs, and if we designate that as the midpoint, midpoint or after, that tells me that the first four SEALs might possibly start prior to the 70th week, but 100% absolutely sure the fifth SEAL has to occur in the 70th week, fifth onward, five, six, seven, have to be within the week and have to commence at least at the midpoint. Not to say there isn't going to be some tribulation. Uh, I'm sure there's probably a buildup, but the peak of it, or at least the awareness, that, that peak will take place at the midpoint or later. For me, I've always seen that as the great tribulation, where there's tribulation prior to that. It just amplifies tremendously at that point. 2 Thessalonians 2 is an immovable object. You can't go anywhere with it. And it is tied to the fifth seal, Revelation 6. That's pretty much an immovable object. And the two witnesses, their timing, you can't do anything with it because it's woe number two, trumpet number five or six. You can't do anything with the transitional phrases that set the sequence as much as I'd like to keep repeating that for the 10th time. Just cannot overlay those. But where I found peace with this is something I mentioned last, last episode about water being turned to blood. And I heard this from somebody else this week as well, but that thought was new to me. I mean, that originated within my own chewing on this last weekend, because again, once water, all the seas and rivers are turned to blood how much water are you, how are you going to survive? You're only, you've only got days or weeks at the most. And because that's vials, a third of the water is turned to blood, I think second trumpet. But by the second or third vial, all the seas, all the rivers are now blood. And now the clock is really ticking. So you just can't have years of events You can't have years of trumpets and vials and things happening because it just, uh, it isn't going to make sense. So that's what helped me uh, accept the witnesses being in the second half and being raised at the end of the 70th week. And then there's an, there's an additional 30 days and 45 days total of 75 and it's been taught by many that those 30 days of the vials the pouring out of the vials if they last that long i'm content with that but i always thought and was always looking for when are those witnesses coming i wonder what who it's going to be and all that One thing I I ran into, which was pretty fascinating, Revelation 10. I was running all through Revelation trying to find anything that would tie ideas together. And one thing really, really hit me, and it was chapter 10 of Revelation, the angel and the little scroll. And essentially, it's saw a mighty angel come down, clothed with a cloud. He has a scroll And this is all in first person with the writer. And he hands him this scroll. Fast forwarding here. And I went unto the angel and he said, Give me the little book. And he said unto me, Take it and eat it. It shall make thy belly bitter, but it shall be in thy mouth sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it up. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And the last verse of chapter 10... And he said unto me, thou must prophesy again before many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. Now, I was one of those guys who always said the two witnesses were going to be Elijah and Moses. You know, there's a lot of people, you know, it's Enoch, it's Enoch, because he didn't die. And everybody has to die. You know, we have all these rules that we got to abide by. And to me this struck me between the eyes because i'd i'd just recently in the last year read the study that john might be a possible witness and it was kind of compelling but yeah you know it, it didn't really sink in for me but when i read revelation 10:11 and he said unto me thou must prophesy again before many people's and nations and tongues and Kings. When you see this chapter, if this isn't John the writer, this chapter is irrelevant to the whole book of Revelation. It doesn't add anything at all to Revelation. It adds zero. I'm trying to stress this point if you're not getting it, except that Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, and tongues, and kings. That is exactly what the two witnesses do. Now this may, y'all may already be here and, you know, you're saying, you big dummy, why didn't you get this earlier? This to me seals the deal that John is one of the two. And then I might go on, go on and say without any study, you know, we always hear that Elijah will come again before the coming of the Lord. Now I'm putting my money on Elijah and John, which doesn't make sense having lived a life in the church and always thinking it's going to be Elijah and Moses, the law and the prophets. This makes perfect sense to me because this chapter is completely irrelevant without that one, one verse, 10, 11. He's telling the writer of this book, thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. This is all first person. That is exactly what the witness's function is, is to prophesy. The chapter's irrelevant if this isn't John. To me, that seals a deal. Hope that helps. That was new to me. It's probably not to most of y'all. It's always good when I can nail stuff down and stay there until I'm ready to move on because there's more truth or light. But for now, uh, that hasn't, that stake hadn't moved him forever. Something else that I saw in consuming content on the web, and this is a guy I bought his book. Now I see that his whole theory is based on invalid interpretation. He He tossed out all the sequential transitional phrases and just started overlapping things completely ignored second thessalonians 2 i mean that's what you have to do if you've got a theory that's gotta work you have to throw stuff out and that's not allowed it all has to fit it's all got to be true and uh, it all bears the same weight So, but one thing that struck me, which I think this guy is dead on, I I think he's absolutely nailed this. He was teaching on why the 62 weeks and the seven weeks, why the distinction from the very beginning, the early church has taught this as those 62 and seven are 69 weeks, 483 years, and that's the interpretation. And then you go from Artaxerxes up to the crucifixion and it's dead on. And that's the end of that. And But it's always irritated me. Why in the world would God express himself that way if it didn't mean something other than that? Now, this guy has said, it's not 69. It's not 69. I'll go ahead and state what he says it is these are expressed distinctly because they are not the same type of weeks. The 62 weeks and the seven weeks are not the same type of weeks. And what you have is the seven weeks are weeks of years, which are 49 years, which is a jubilee cycle. And the 62 weeks are weeks of days, which is 434 days. I think he's dead on. The problem I have with him is he fights the other interpretation and and he's legit on this mark. He says that God told Daniel the book is sealed until the latter days. And this interpretation of 483 has been around since the very beginning. And for that reason, he says that can't be the right Uh, it can't be the right interpretation of the 62 and 7. What I would say is it's right, but it's not the full interpretation. Couldn't be seen until now, which is, yes, the 62 and 7 are 69 weeks of years that went from the declaration of rebuilding of Jerusalem until the crucifixion that is the 483 years but it's also this alternative which which all of humanity all of Christendom has been blinded from this because I haven't heard this anywhere until this week it is the 62 weeks of days and the 7 weeks of years and what it ends up being 49 years the jubilee cycle and the 434 if you subtract, those are days. If you subtract 360 days, what you get is 75, I'm sorry, 360 days from the 434, you're left with 75 days beyond a, a full Jubilee cycle. So what you have is 49 years for your Jubilee You have one more year out of the 434, and then you've got 75 days left over after that Jubilee. Tell me that doesn't draw your interest when we've clearly got 75 days added to the week, to the 70th week. We've got 30 days and 45 days, which we see in Daniel uh, in different ways expressed and i'll throw out an, other thoughts that this guy brought forward uh, the guy's name is steve cochran uh if you want to find him you know just buyer beware i listen to a lot of guys that i end up tossing their conclusions away but their work is valid what they dig up the eyes that they see the revelation and daniel with is valid They just come to a wrong conclusion because they ignore certain scripture, and you just cannot do that. He has speculated, and this is valid, I think, that either the beginning of the 70th week or the ending of the 70th week would be a jubilee year. That's fascinating to me. Chew on that. Maybe you come up with something. Been a lot of stuff in the news, and a lot, you know, we've we've seen real upticks in earthquakes frequency. I've talked about the birth pangs early in the episodes. The only seal that we have not seen explicitly, as certainly as the rest of these, and and I'm not saying that any of them are opened yet. I don't think they are. I think we're seeing shadows, foreshadowing of what's coming, but the only foreshadowing that we haven't experienced yet are false Christ. And I believe Christ uses the wording, there will be many will come in my name. Many? We we just haven't seen that. Now, people will make the case for, you know, oh, there's false teachers everywhere or whatever, but it's just not as explicit as the famines that we've seen, the plagues that we're living through right now, where China's been, you know, provinces have been quarantined. And we're seeing the spread of a virus every single year now. Earthquakes that we see ramp up and they get greater and greater by the year. Uh, Puerto Rico has really had a tough time in the last two weeks due to earthquakes. One in Turkey last week that people lost their lives. And we know they're only going to get bigger. We we just don't have that conversation about false Christ. So I don't believe we're in the 70th week. It is difficult material. That's why you've got so many people who from a distance, they think they've got it figured out. And when I got in and started examining what I thought was true, I found it can't be true. First half witnesses can't be true based on 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Chew on this stuff especially the 62 weeks and the seven weeks. Be prepared. Think on these things. There's more light coming every single day. I will talk to you later.